welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another amazing, amazing episode. We are hitting the new year, the last episode for this 2020. We're ending it with a bang. Bridget Barbera Byrne. How are you doing, Bridget? I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? So, Bridget, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce who you are, what you do, where you're from. Sure, of course. So, I am from a small town in Pennsylvania called Boyertown, Pennsylvania. Um, I've been working with youth for 20 plus years. Um, Started out with my teaching degree, um, going to school. I was going to be a teacher. I was going to work, you know, Monday through Friday, summers off. And then I landed with the YMCA. Um, I've been with the YMCA for almost 10 years now, um, all work in the youth development field. So I started at the Summit Y in New Jersey, um, then headed down to Central Florida, where I was a senior youth development director, where I oversaw all youth programming. Um, And most recently, um, five years now, actually, um, I've been with the Greater Philadelphia YMCA out in Pennsylvania. Um, We span across Pennsylvania, the south end of Jersey, Um, but recently have really gotten involved with the diversity and inclusion part of my job, um, which is actually a passion of mine. So um, I'm really looking forward to talking with you guys tonight and ready to go. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Super excited. Two old Y nerds are here with you, and, and I loved how you started your conversation. I was planning to do this, and then the Y, like a fishing line, hooked me and dragged me this way and, and get you engaged. It's such a great organization to be able to do with that. So, so Bridget, talk to us a little bit about your work with inclusion and and diversity. And first of all, why, like, why are you doing that? I know it's a big question. That's probably an hour right there on the show. Um, But why are you doing this? Like what's the nuts and bolts, especially when it comes to focusing on, on youth? Sure. So I think it's so important um, for youth, especially youth that are in the LGBTQ plus community to have role models that they can depend on, um, people that they can look up up to. Um, You know, I had a little bit of a rocky road when I was younger um, coming out and I just think it's so important to get out there to spread the word on, you know, differences and, you know, with, with everybody that's out there right now. Um, really just every person to me is a door to a new world, new experiences, different perspectives. And um, I've had the opportunity with the Greater Philadelphia YMCA to really um, dive into that passion of mine. Um, So I, through YUSA, I I became a certified Dimensions of Diversity trainer. I've developed diversity and inclusion trainings for my association and have done training for over 800 staff. Um, you know, on the weekends, on the nights, just really going out there on my own to get the word out there. I've connected with local high schools, um, with their gay straight alliances, um, to tell my story and to provide safe spaces for those kids when school's not in session. Um, I currently chair the LGBTQ plus employee resource network within my association. Um, I started the, uh, I, I got us in the first pride parade in Philly ever that my association was part of it. And it was the most phenomenal, like, I can't even explain to you. I had tears in my eyes, like as we turned onto Broad Street and I'm 
on a flute, DJing, because I do that on the side, DJing on a flute in the Philly Pride Parade with 10,000 people with the organization that I work for. When I was in my early 20s, I never would have thought that I would have gotten to this point. It was such a surreal experience for me. Um, but And then recently just started working on my own virtual trainings that I'll be able to launch within organizations and schools, um, you know, for people to invest in their employees and educate them on how to have more inclusive environment for their employees, the youth, the families, just their communities and all. So that's, I mean, that's, wow. That was, that was amazing. I, I'm super jealous of, of you getting into the pride parade that I, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think that's something that, and I think everything you're doing is so important I think now it's in the front of everybody's mind, but it's something that's been so important for so many years and that just needs to be championed. And so I, I applaud you and I applaud your why for allowing this to happen and, and having the, the um, strength to say, no, this is what we, who we are, what we are and where we're going to go with this. So, so Bridget, talk to me a little bit about logistics, right? So you said 800 employees. Is that what it was? 800 yes. employees that yes. you trained. I'm sure there's more than that. Talk to me about how you get that started in a big organization when I'm sure there was more than just you, but you're the champion. And how do you get to fulfill that? Yeah. So greater Philadelphia has about 5,000 employees pre COVID. Um, so, yeah, so basically how I, I don't, I'm trying to even think back how it started. So <laughs> I was just like my own personal, like I said, like, I was like, I want to get out there and spread the word. Um, so I started with YUSA and like I said, became a certified dimensions of diversity trainer, but then I started within my own program. So um, at the Y that I was at, you know, I oversaw all youth programming. So I had 200 plus staff, full-time, part-time, summer camp staff. I mean, if you want to talk about people that you can influence, you have people that this is their first job ever, you know, working summer camp. And I know you guys have experience with that, but um, so I kind of just started there and then I got involved in the employee resource network. So I got my face out and across the association, right? You figure an association with 5,000 employees, you, you got to get out of your branch. And I, I am in a larger one of our branches, but I had to get out and show my face in the association and draw that line in the sand and be that voice for those people um, because that's the unique thing um, when it comes to um, this dimension of your diversity it's it's invisible you know people it's not like you know it's the color of your skin or something like that um, it's it's invisible and a lot of people have to keep it invisible so the lgbtq plus community depends on the visibility of the inclusion so i wanted to be that face I wanted to be that vulnerable person that got out there and told my coming out story um, and, and created that environment of vulnerability to kind of take people in. I mean, I've had employees talk to me about their kids that are going through transitions. I've had staff come to me and say, thank you for having that conversation and getting up there in front of all those people and being brave to do that. Um, so really that's how it started. And then I was brought up to our residential camp in the Poconos and I spoke to all the camp directors and it's kind of like that word of mouth, right? So then those camp directors go back to their execs and they're like, oh my gosh, Bridget did this awesome training. We need to bring her in our all staff. You know, we need to bring her in with our childcare staff. And that's kind of how it started to snowball. 
Um, so that's, that's kind of what brought me to today. Um, is just that snowball effect. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the, the why is amazing at that snowball effect. Cause once they find a, a talented person who's willing to put themselves out there, they, they will I, lovingly use and abuse as much as possible. And that's a great thing. So uh, Bridget, talk to me a little bit about one of the things you mentioned in, in our pre-conversation, the information we shared was, you know, you want to create um, a safe and supportive environment where participants and staff can be themselves. I think we all strive for that, right? But how do you, how do, you do it in your programs and how in your YMCA with intention? Um, so I think it's just that, that vulnerability, right? Like I hold the role I'm, I'm in senior leadership and I'm out, you know, people know about my wife, people, like I said, I tell my story, um, you know, and I think that's, it, it ha has to do with that visibility, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to hang a giant rainbow flag, you know, in the lobby of your organization, but there are ways that you can have best practices to show the LGBTQ plus community that you are inclusive um, without being in a pride parade or hanging the rainbow flag because not every organization or program has that ability. So, and, and I'm hoping tonight that I have the opportunity to talk a little bit about, you know, the best practices, um, you know, through my own eyes, not necessarily through the wise eyes, but through the experiences that I've been through as an individual, um, you know, who has been out for 20 plus years now, um, but the interesting thing about, I, th I was talking with my wife about this the other day about coming out is like, it's not just like a one-time thing. It's not like, woohoo, like this is who I am. It's constant. You constantly, and you have to create that support group as, as an individual um, because you're constantly, whether you go to the doctor and you have to give an emergency contact or, you know, you go to a new job and you want to put your spouse on your, your benefits. It's, it's like a constant thing. So you know, it's not just a one and done. So it's so important for organizations, programs, especially for youth um, to, to show that inclusivity. Bridget, as, as you've, uh, and, and I, I love the, the, the pioneer aspect of what you're doing. Uh, uh, that's, that's how I uh, categorize your role because you've been out there creating and casting this vision uh, for inclusivity. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you, you've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, when you were uh, a younger person, uh, you, you never envisioned that for yourself. You never would have anticipated that. What would Bridget today say to that 19, 20 year old Bridget uh, about where you are as a pioneer? Don't be scared right? You're always going to have that support. You're always going to find those people. And I say it over and over and over again, that sometimes it, it's hard. Trust me, it's hard. But sometimes your family's not blood. Sometimes you, you have to create that family sometimes within this community. Um, you know, but don't be scared and don't give up. Um, it took a lot of years of me just trying to prove to certain people like, hey, I'm I'm still the same Bridget. I'm still, you know, just because, you know, I, I'm marrying a woman, like it, I'm still the same Bridget. And you know what, you, you, you have to really grow confident with who you are um, and be that same person all the time, which is sometimes very difficult, um, you know, when it comes to your work or, you know, your workplace, your, you know, whatever it may be, sometimes it's very difficult to, um, 
you know, continue to, to be that strong, confident person and be okay with it. So I would just say, don't be scared. I, I, I'm sure that in your, in your role in, in, in this time, uh, you, you've run into those obstructors who have gotten in the way. Uh, what, what, what do you say to those folks as they come up into, in and through your life uh, that maybe helps them be a little bit more open-minded? I think it's just a matter of them getting to know me, right? So I, I, when you were asking me that question, a, a time popped into my head. So I used to work in a private school prior to the YMCA. Um, and I remember there was a receptionist there and she specifically had a, que uh, a conversation with me about how just getting to know me changed her views on certain standpoints that she was so like, solid on like yeah no i don't i don't agree with same-sex marriage or i don't agree with you know whatever it may be but just getting to know me like shifted it shifted her you know and you know what sometimes it's not always going to be a success story right like um i'm an overachiever and you know i want everything to be successful so sometimes when you can't get through to those people you know it that's the interesting thing about the organization, the YMCA, right? We have a spectrum. We are for all, right? So that's, that's all. That's like one end of the spectrum all the way to the other end of the spectrum. So I've had to navigate some pretty difficult conversations with people and remain professional and take away that personal like peace and hurt that I felt throughout my life which has been difficult, you know? So I think it's just a matter of people getting to know you and it's okay to agree to disagree. You know, you, not everybody's going to see eye to eye and everything and that's okay. I, I love that you go to the, to, to the, to the, the all quote. Uh, uh, I, you know, I worked for the Y for 35 plus years and uh, you know, the, the founding scripture of the YMCA uh, is uh, John 17, 21, that they all may be one. And, and, and uh, you know, and I've always taken that word all in, into my heart and how I chose to deliver the mission of the why uh, in, and the majority of my work was outdoor education and camping. So, uh, you know, it was uh, all about creating a community for all, all the time. Um, I, one, one of my uh, 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 mentors, John Maxwell talks about uh, people may hear your words, uh, but they feel your attitude. And I, you know, just in talking to you for the few minutes that we've been uh, talking so much, you can really feel your attitude. Uh, and that's why I asked you the question about, you know, uh, those obstructors that have come in and out and, and you, you, you had a great example of one there. Um, so what types of things are you doing uh, today? Uh, you know, how do you, how do you create community in a year where community has been through like this medium that we're on, we're on Zoom right now. Right. Um, so it's been a challenge. I mean, this whole year has been a challenge and, you know, within my organization, my association, things have shifted a lot. Like I have even been shifted to another branch to help out, um, because, you know, people were furloughed and, you know, the whole nine. So I've just made reconnections and I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And here's an example of that. So the uh, last week, um, right before we shut down again, because we've shut down again with COVID, I'm sitting at the front desk, I'm helping, right? Like I, I, I'm not, I don't work, I'm not an MSR, I'm up there just supporting, right? And so I see this woman waving across the lobby and I'm like, 
who is that? Like, I, I couldn't see who it was. I thought it was a parent from my program. And it ends up to be the person that I connected with at a local high school over, you know, 20 minutes away from the Y that I'm currently at. She was coming there to work out and she was like, oh my gosh, you know, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And then she started talking about how she's doing um, the Gay Straight Alliance virtually with the high school. And she would love to have me at, on, on part of that, um, you know, to come in and talk to the kids again. Um, so I think it's just trying to keep those connections. So like I said, I've shifted to a new community and I'm just making those connections within the community. I've reached out to the Equality Alliance um, for the county that my Y is in. Um, you know, and just trying to reconnect with those people. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm working on a virtual training that I can potentially branch out to, you know, all the avenues of people that I know within school districts and organizations and things of that nature, because there are such an importance. And I don't think it matters whether you work for the YMCA or whether you work for the local retail, retail store, there's always a need for diversity and inclusion amongst your staff and acceptance. And that's called more than just a label. Yes, right? more than just a label. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back uh, to talk about more than just a label and a whole bunch of other stuff. So hold on with us. Thanks, everybody. Hi, everybody. This is Michael Garcia, and I am here to talk to you about Youth Mental Health First Aid. This course is designed to teach neighbors, teachers, parents, peers, and caring citizens how to help a youth or teen who is experiencing a mental health or substance abuse challenge or crisis. The course discusses mental health challenges for youth, reviews typical adolescent development, and provides guidance through the ALGE Action Plan for both crisis, non-crisis situations. Topics covered in the manual include anxiety, depression, substance abuse disorders in which psychosis may occur, disruptive behaviors, disorders, including ADHD and eating disorders are covered as well. If you're interested, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and sign up for our next course. So we're here with uh, Bridget Barbera Byrne, also known as Triple B, we found out. And uh, uh, Bridget, I, I want to go back to uh, and talk to you a little bit more about diversity. Um, it, it is a huge challenge for a lot of leaders because they don't understand uh, necessarily always what kind of diversity that they need on their team. Uh, some leaders think that the, merely hiring people that look slightly different from themselves, uh, it, you know, brings this diversity appearance. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that because it doesn't, it's not enough. Leaders need diversity in ideas, diversity in thinking, and, and diversity in experience. So you're launching, a, you know, a whole DNI format uh, unto yourself uh, of, of, from what you've learned. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like and, and where you see that going? Sure. So I've started to work on a virtual training um, called More Than Just a Label. And basically, it's just a time to talk about embracing our differences and how to change the world with that, right? Um, it's raising awareness, um, increasing knowledge, it's showing that vulnerability is okay. Um, so really just looking to get that out there. And from a virtual platform, that's one thing I've learned in 2020 
that the possibilities are endless. You know, I, that this training could be in California and I don't necessarily have to go to California. So, um, you know, I think that's the one blessing from 2020. I mean, maybe there's been more than that, but um, you know, that, that I've taken away is this whole Zoom platform and virtual learning and trainings and things of that nature. Um, so Bridget, it, you, you talk about more than just a label and what you're doing, uh, because you're trying to create a framework for, for shared thinking. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the specifics of what more than just a label will, will go into, what will, what will dive in? Sure. 100%. So we, like I said, I love to start telling my story because I think it's such, um, you know, it, it's a touchy subject, the diversity inclusion and, and how much you really want to get into. And, you know, um, I start out with disclaimers of I'm not here to try to change your beliefs, um, you know, not to debate. Um, it's truly what I have learned through my professional development. Um, so I always start with my story because I think that um, creating that vulnerable environment is important when it comes to this topic. You know, I talk about the difference between diversity versus inclusion. I talk about the difference between equity and equality because there is a difference. Um, I talk about the importance of pronouns in the LGBTQ plus community. I talk about gender um, expression versus gender identity, um, like the different dimensions of diversity that somebody can have and how they change with what's going on in your life. And the new thing that I've really been kind of diving into is unconscious bias. Um, we've been, that's been a hot word that I've been hearing through my research. Um, and it's really, really interesting because no matter how inclusive you think you are, there are always those underlying unconscious bias that are, you know, hardwired in your brain. And, you know, there's a lot of debate out there of whether that can be rewired. So those are some of the topics that I go into. Um, you know, like I said earlier, every person is a door to in the world and I, and, and you have the, we have to embrace that right now where we are in 2020. I love that you look at everyone, uh, as, as a joy to the world. Uh, the, the folks that you've worked with, um, uh, tell, tell me a, a little bit about the types of things that you've, uh, has, has there been any strategy or skill building that you've utilized uh, to help them move along in their, uh, in their own journey about diversity and inclusion? Yeah, so it's come up numerous times. Um, I think it's important. Um, I always use the phrase of, you know, working with youth development staff. You know, I can have staff, like I said earlier, 16 years old, first job ever. So to give them the proper tools in their tool belt to navigate because um, they're the ones that are going to be with the kids, right? They're the ones that are going to be navigating that professionally shocking talk, like I like to talk about, um, you know, and they're the ones that are going to have to be correcting the kids on why to not say certain words or certain terms. So I think it's important, um, you know, and, and I'm very flexible with my training too. And I, um, I, I love organic, um, like training and learning and conversation. So if I see something that's happening organically within a training, I'll nurture that and I'll challenge them. And I'm, I'm very much a, a natural coach, you know, and I'll, I'll ask them questions to work on their problem solving skills because most likely I've been in youth development for over 20 years. And yeah, I don't have every answer to everything, but I've probably experienced it at some point in time through my career. So, but my job as their supervisor, as their leader is to, 
um, develop those problem solving skills and if, if and that critical thinking and if I'm giving them the answers. So, you know, we navigate a lot of that, um, you know, and like I said, just the little, the, the mini tools of, you know, you're going to see the, the things from training to training, branch to branch, camp to camp organization of, you know, I don't want my son playing with princess dolls or dressing up like a princess and, you know, just teaching staff how to navigate that. Um, because I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm, you know, I'm an email or phone call away, but I'm not standing right there. So just providing them with those tools. I, I, I love that, that you do that. I, I, I go back to uh, years and years ago where um, uh, for a long time, uh, when, when kids would have homesickness issues at camp, they would uh, ask me to go in and, and fix it for them. You know, so I, uh, for a little bit of time, uh, as, and this is a long time ago, as a program director, I was the fix-it guy for homesick kids. And, and what I realized is suddenly I owned all that, and, and it was better for me to say, okay, let's, let's model what, what you're going to go in there and say and, and have you fix the homesick issue uh, than it is for me to go in because then the kid knows where the power lies. And, and, and so uh, you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same lesson, you know, on diversity. Right. And, uh, the, you know, it, it, it's better to teach those young people how to do that, that or not teach, but lead, model, uh, whatever. So uh, that, that's just truly admirable. Uh, I, I, I love that you're doing this and, and uh, I'd, I'd like to find out, you know, so a year from now, 18 months from now, where do you see uh, more than just a label? What, what will Bridget from 18 months from now say to Bridget today about what's gone on? What, uh, how has the dynamic changed? Well, I think it's important um, if I'm thinking 18 months ahead, right? Um, that I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. So I, I think it's important to continue to, I say you're going to evolve or dissolve, right? So you have to continue to evolve with the times and, you know, talk about, you know, and, and, and research, you know, what, what are the hot topics? What are the things that are going on? Where are the challenges? Um, you know, and, and really just kind of embracing those things and not being like, this is more than just a label and this is what it's going to be. How can we evolve? How can, again, um, develop other trainings off of it, right? I talk about, you know, unconscious bias, but I'm talking about, in, you know, an hour, hour and a half long training, you're, you're not going to be able to cover unconscious bias. That's, that's a topic within itself, right? I mean, all of those things that I mentioned earlier, equity versus equality. And, you know, I, I am a very kinesthetic learner. I'm a doer, uh, you know, so I think it's important. I do activities throughout, um, you know, so really just trying to figure out how to take those activities that I do if I had a classroom full of people or a room full of people and bringing them virtually. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to just continue to evolve um, with the times and continue to learn and know that I'm not the be all end all knower of everything under the diversity and inclusion umbrella. Like, I, you know, it would, it would be, um, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that way. So, um, you know, I think that's the most important thing and, and just really getting it out there, like I said, to, to as many people, um, whether it's youth, it, it doesn't have to be youth development world, right? Um, organizations that don't even deal with youth, they're going to have diverse staff. They're going to have things that come up. Um, so it's not just a training that, you know, um, I know we're talking under the youth development realm, but it's something that can be used, as I mentioned earlier, in every type of organization, program, or place. 
So, so you just mentioned organizations, Bridget. So now let's take a bigger step. This podcast is based off the premise of the 45, 50 year old talking to the 20, 21 year old back in the day. And so talk to us a little bit, two or three best practices that any organization can do to show inclusion. Yeah, hang on the pride flag, that's great. But really what's, what's that mean and what's that about? And then maybe if you have it, how can you get one started? If you feel your organization isn't there yet, how, what are some steps to get that going? Yeah, so, um, you know, through my professional development, um, these are some things that I think that an organization could use. Um, it's, you know, these are not on behalf of the Greater Philadelphia YMCA. These are all my own personal, um, you know, pieces of advice that I would give to somebody. Um, and trust me, I could talk about this <laughs> for hours. Um, but I think the most important thing is um, if I want to put it under an umbrella of marketing, right? So, um, what is what is your paperwork? What is your online portal? What is your, what are your registration documents? Whatever it may be, are they exclusive? What is the verbiage that they're using, right? Because there's nothing that makes my blood boil more than when I go someplace and it's like mother and father, right? Not, I mean, we have so many blended families right now that I mean, it could be a grandparent, it could be, you know. So I think it's really important, just that verbiage, right? That's something right off the bat that could tell me if I walked into a place, you know, if it said mother or father, like have it say applicant one, applicant two. Um, you don't even have to put the word parent in there, right? So um, I think just that verbiage, gender demographics, that's a huge one. Um, so a lot of places will just give the strict binary options of male and female. Well, 2020 people, that's not the world that we're living anymore, right? So you know, give the option of male, female, other gender, right? The other one that I think is huge is give an option for a legal name and the preferred name, right? Because you might have kids that are transitioning at the age of 10, right? And you want them to be able to feel as comfortable as possible within your program. So, you know, what do your photos look like in your marketing? Is it always a heterosexual white couple, male and female, like, you know, with their children? So I think marketing is a huge, because as I mentioned back in the beginning of the podcast, like the unique thing about the LGBTQ plus community is it, it most of the time is an invisible dimension of diversity that depends on the visibility of inclusion. So those are the things we're going to see. Um, you know, program titles. Um, I just literally had a conversation last week about a theme for camp. Um, you know, let's do pirates and princesses. I'm like, no, like that is basically saying, you know, that, that, and it makes me crazy too. I, when I go into a retail store and it's like girls toys, boys toys, it's like, I was playing with matchbox cars. Like when I, I'm cutting my Barbie's hair short to look like this when I was little. Um, so program titles, if you have program titles, make sure they're not just designated like boy, girl. Um, or boys age eight to nine gymnastics, girls, it, that's not the world that we're in anymore. Um, one of the biggest things I think is, and, and you know, people might not think about this, but all gender bathrooms, right? That is, as an adult, right? I'm not gonna disclose my age, but as an adult whose gender expression is a little more masculine, I cannot tell you how many times I've been approached in a women's bathroom being like, Oh, oh, walking out, looking at the sign. Oh, I thought I was in the wrong place, right? So bathrooms 
can cause huge anxiety amongst youth um, that are, are trying to figure out their, their own identity. Um, so are your facilities comfortable in supporting of transgender and um, gender non-conforming youth? So these are just a couple things like, and, and I think the huge piece is to educate yourself and to train, 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 train. Your staff need to have those tools to navigate through that professionally shocking talk. You know, what if a child comes out to me? What do I do? How do I navigate that? Because that could be the make or break for that kid because they've trusted you that they could talk to you and tell you that they're experiencing these feelings. And if your staff or your people, your whatever, don't, they don't know how to navigate that, that could make or break that kid. So. Like I said, I could talk about this <laughs> for hours. Um, Maybe we should have you back on another episode and just focus on this. So that would be, that would be no, I'm serious. That'd be a great, that'd be a great episode. So uh, yeah, definitely. All right. So and, that's a little sneak peek. There you go. Sneak peek. I, I, yeah. I, I, I love uh, what you say about language and everything. And uh, it, it reminded me of a Jean-Baptiste quote about, by words, we learn thoughts and by thoughts, we learn life. Uh, and it's so true. And, and you've just, you know, exemplified that to the max. Bridget, thank you so much for being on with us. Like I said, we, this is probably gonna be a two hour episode. So we'll, we'll split it up. We'll have you on at, hey. at March, March, April, somewhere around there. So stay tuned, everybody check on back. Um, Bridget, tell us how can people get a hold of you? Um, if they want shoot, shout from the rooftops, what's a good way to get a hold of you? Yeah. I mean, um, so I would say the easiest way right now, because I haven't officially launched reach out to Michael and um, Al and they can connect you until I officially launch things and have the platform um, to connect. Um, I'm kind of tying up the final pieces of everything. So, um, but yeah, Michael and Al would be able to connect um, you with me. And when that platform goes live, reach out to us, we'll post it, we'll share it. We'll make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of you and where that is. Great. Um, and I, I would, I, I would just like to say one more thing. Um, yeah. If you, you may not have all the answers and that's okay. Um, but I think it's important to create connections with local mental health organizations and, and places that would be um, those tools and provide you with the resources um, for the youth and families as, as they need them. Great, well, thank you again, Bridget, one more time. Thanks for coming on and uh, I know we'll, we'll definitely stay in touch. So uh, everybody hang out for another couple of minutes and we'll be right back. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. Welcome back, everybody. That was a great episode with Bridget Barbera Byrne. Just such an engaging person. I was very excited to have her on. Um, Al, what did you learn today? You know, she talked about uh, just, uh, you know, finding joy in everyone. And I found great joy in, uh, in my new friend, Triple B, I'm going to call her, uh, <laughs> because that's what she said she uh, is called by her friends. I don't know if I'm a friend or not. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just, it reminded me of, of John Maxwell's quote, people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. And she has that. Uh, exuberant joyfulness about her that immediately I bought into what she was selling. I mean, I'm a, you know, diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. We need that in, in, in our lives. Uh, I'm already in the vision, but uh, I'm wanting to buy it from her. And uh, she just really has uh, that giddy approach joy to 
what um, uh, what we all need to hear. Yeah, I, just a smart and engaging person. I loved it. I, I love the part when she talked about language and how important language is, and you know, giving us the opportunity. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. We don't have to know everything, but being intentional with our language is really important and to creating that safe and open environment. So. Um, I really appreciate Bridget for coming on. I'm glad, I'm glad we had her on. I'm very excited to possibly set up that second podcast. That would be just an awesome, awesome show. And uh, we hope you are listening to this. Your 2020 ended up and you were healthy and safe at the end of the year. We're looking forward to having a change 2021 and hopefully a, a more inspiring uh, 2021. So um, Al, thanks again for being a partner in crime. I want to thank you as well, Michael, and a happy new year to everybody. Uh, and um, yeah, let's a really healthy, healthy, healthy. I've said it three times. It must be important new year. Yeah, definitely. All right, everybody have a wonderful night and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.